happened to you, it already happened to me. You've seen it in me, now it's happening to you. Because of that, chapter 2, verse 1, if there be, therefore, any comfort in Christ. Is, is there any comfort in Christ? Is there any comfort in Christ? Yes. Okay, so if, therefore, there be any comfort in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any depth of, of care and mercy, then fulfill you my joy. Please do this, that you be, you plural, be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. So this is his appeal. So the same persecution that he suffered, it's coming upon the congregation, but love one another, be united, and that's going to be your confidence of your salvation while it's an indication to the wicked of their perdition. So therefore, if there's any comfort in Christ, then, then be like-minded of the same love, one accord, one mind. Let nothing, that means absolutely nothing, be done through strife or vainglory. Easier said than done. Let nothing be done of strife or vainglory. So as we go back to our congregations, can we make that commitment that I'm not going to act out of strife or vainglory? That if somebody says something to offend me, oh well. It's just me. Oh well. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. And then, you know, as humans, when somebody crosses us, it's so easy to react. How dare that person insult me that way? It's so easy to react on the human level. We've got to be on the Christ level. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Instead, the opposite, in lowliness of mind. Remember Christ said he brought the child in the midst, and he said, unless you be converted and you be as this little child, you are not entering the kingdom. That, that's pretty decisive. So can we have the lowliness of a child? But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. It's like, you know what, I'm just an eye. If we didn't have legs, where would we be? So I esteem the legs better than, than the eye. Or if I'm an ear, I esteem the tongue better than the ear. Because we all have our function, and no function we can say is, is a higher priority than the other. You know, we need the heart, we need the brain, otherwise we're not alive. But then we need all the members functioning and, and contributing and doing their part. So let us esteem, and, and this is the opposite of disesteem. So Christ said, if your eye disesteems a member in the body, you know what? It's better for you to pluck out your eye and enter into life whole than to be cast into the lake of fire. So to disesteem anybody in the, in the body of Christ, Christ, it's intolerable. Christ is not having it. He's not having it. So let's make sure that we do this instead. We, anybody who's called a member of Christ's body, we esteem them better than ourselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on, also on the things of others. So it's not that you can't look at your own things, but also on the things of others. Then he says this, let this mind be in you, plural, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That is to say, he didn't hold on to his office in the Godhead. He was willing to give that up and come to earth. That's the mind that he had. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant that was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he, that is God, humbled himself 
and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, crucifixion. This, uh, the word wouldn't even end, wouldn't even leave a Roman's mouth. It was such a horrible, excruciating death that Romans didn't even talk about it. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, amen, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So that, that humility that Christ practiced, he now has the highest office. He went the lowest, he will now be the highest. Let this mind be in us. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All of that as context for the verse that's next. So all of that was just context. Did you hear in any of that where Paul and Timothy were speaking to any individual? Not once. The entire passage... He has been speaking to the congregation as a whole, with the bishops and the deacons. So this is a discussion that Paul and Timothy are having with the whole congregation. Let's keep that in mind as we read verse 12, which is often snatched out of context, and it's all about me and my Lord, and I'm just so righteous, super righteous. Did I mention that I'm super righteous? (laughs) Super righteous me. Therefore, my beloved, plural, My beloved, because of all of this, because of the persecution that's coming upon you, the unity that you have that's a sign of your salvation, the calmness you have that's a sign of the perdition of the wicked, the comfort in Christ, the example of Christ, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, the congregation at Philippi was the least troublesome congregation for Paul. Some congregations are not the same. They all have their different personalities. Corinth was a a nightmare for Paul. Philippians was a dream. So he says, as you've always obeyed, whenever he asked them to do, they did it. Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He's in prison. He can't get to them. So he's saying, you would always obey me when I was present with you. Now it's even more important that you obey me in my absence because I can't get there. He says, Work out your, plural, own salvation, singular, with fear and trembling. So work out, so your, your is a second person plural, but even the verb, the way the Greek works, the, the verb has to agree with the, the subject, and the, the verb here, work out, katergazomai, is in second person plural. So it's you collectively have to work out your salvation. There's one salvation. We all need to work it out together. And we need to work it out with fear and trembling. We should bring to mind Christ's instruction in Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Dare anybody harm one of these little ones in Christ? It's better for us that a millstone be hung around our neck and we be thrown in the depth of the sea. Do not mess with one of these little ones in Christ. So there's something going on in this congregation which is is of high risk and concern to the apostle. And he's telling them, you need to work this out. I can't get to you. I can't get there. But you have bishops, deacons, you're all there together. You need to work this out together. There's one salvation for all of us. Work out your salvation 
and work out, it, not only is it second person plural, it's in the middle voice. So the middle voice would be something that's reflexive. It comes back on you. So it's something, if I said to you, um, go and get a meal. If I just say that in the active imperative, it means you go and get me a meal. If I say it in the middle voice, go and get a meal, it means you go and get yourself a meal. It's something you do for your own benefit. So to work out your salvation, he's not there. He's saying you need to do this for your own benefit. And do it with fear and trembling, with phobia and trauma. If this doesn't work out, let them know I'm giving a sermon, whoever's phone that is. They might be calling me. So let them know if this doesn't work out, it's it's like Christ is not playing. We have to be like little children. And then he says, for it is God which works in you, plural, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we need to leave this feast by God's grace with the will to go back into our congregations and edify them, edify each other, build each other up, respect each other, esteem each other higher than ourselves. Have that, leave here with that will and then pray God, give us the ability to do. Easy to say, by God's grace we can do. Now, do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Let's just quickly go now to chapter 4 where we see the one place where he says you and he says it in the singular because this now is significant. In chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, my brethren plural, dearly beloved, plural, and longed for, my joy and my crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And now he speaks to individuals. I beseech Yodius and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So these two women are not in the, they don't, they've lost the humility. There's some conflict taking place, and they've been insulted, they've been hurt, and they're prioritizing themselves over the other. Paul calls them out. He says, I'm begging you that you be of the same mind in the Lord. And then he says this, and I entreat you also, true yoke fellow or fellow servant. This is the only time he says you in the singular. So now you in the congregation, instead of saying, I entreat you, plural, the way he's been doing all along, he's saying, no, I entreat you, and you, and you, and you. Nobody can, everybody has to be accountable here. I'm talking to you. These two women are about to shipwreck themselves. They're about to be thrown into the lake of fire. And they could shipwreck the whole congregation because they're leading women. And the, the confusion and chaos and conflict that they have could disrupt the whole congregation. So I'm begging them, but I'm also begging you. I entreat, I'm begging you also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. So that's great that they had some great work in the past, no guarantee for the future. So please help them that labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with my other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. So they are at risk. They are at risk. God says in in Revelation, he will scrub 
people's names out of the book of life. Etch them out. So rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. So brethren, I just thought as we dispatch and disband and leave this wonderful uh, temporary congregation that we've had, we've had a lot of learning, a lot of experiences, but now we go back to our daily lives and our regular congregations. Wherever those congregations are, wherever God has set us, let's go back as contributors. Let's go back as edifiers. And let's realize that this salvation, this common salvation, it's not me, super-righteous Adrian, and the Lord, and you, super-righteous, you and the Lord. It's us.